0: This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid.
1: And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys.
0: This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about kids sharing a room. It's like a sleepover, but with more fights. Plus, Biz has a vegetarian in the house, Teresa has a whiner in the house, and we talk to the Recommendations Librarian from the New York City Public Library and co-host of the podcast The Librarian is in, Gwen Glazer. Woo! I just sometimes, right after the woo, think about all the people... We lost over the woo. I know. And I say, good "Good day to you. (laughs) (laughs) This should be our judgment bar Mm -hmm. across the board for all things women. Are you a one-bed mother uh, or are you not? Well, can you tolerate a woo at the top of your If you can't tolerate woos in your life, that's okay. That's cool. Move on. Move on. Scroll on. Scroll scroll on is what they say these days. (laughs) How are you, Teresa?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, it's Monday, guys, and I'm glad that the weekend is over because I really needed a break from my children.
0: Oh, my God. Um, it's like opposite day in how people treat weekends. Seriously. Yeah.
1: Like, I was, okay, so actually, Simon was no big deal this weekend, but Oscar is going through something. Mm. I don't know what. He's. Mm. Two and nine months. So he's I'm realizing he's about to turn three in three months, which is crazy. Yeah. He's developing a lot right now. We're at like uh <laughs> some kind of like some stuff is going some on. Some development for is him. happening. Yeah. Yeah. But what's happening the most <laughs> is that everything is coming out in that high pitched whine uh. sound that is like Yeah. The worst is like We're just around the house, like, doing things. I'm Mm -hmm. in the same room as him. Yeah. And instead of, like, asking me for something, he'll be like, Mama! Oh yeah, like and I'm yeah. like, what? And it it yeah. puts me on the defense. Yeah, even though there's no like, even though I'm just he's just calling my name, but I'm like, what?
0: I'm yeah. like, what? I'm pointing at and Teresa yeah. like vigorously, yeah. being like, yes, yes, she I know, because this, knows exact this is exactly thing. what's happening. And because in our house. the
1: thing is, he doesn't have to call out for me at all. Right. He can just go right into whatever it is that he needs, but he doesn't. It's the it has to pre- be preceded with Mama. Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> go ahead, go right ahead. I, I. Well, you, you have my attention. Like I know. what? The... <laughs> and so, but then, so everything is high pitch. So, and I will say, I, I'll give myself some credit. I, okay. I have been staying calm as much as possible. And a lot of times when he's giving me that, I'll just very calmly say. You know how to ask for that in a nice way. You can mm-hmm. ask for that in your nice Oscar voice. I don't want to hear about it in a whining voice. I right. want to hear about it in your regular Oscar voice. Yeah. And he will turn it around and do it. But then 10 seconds later, yeah. it's right back to square one. I mean, it's just, yeah.
0: it's constant. It is. It's making me crazy. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because I I think it, it that is what is contributing to me being on like a constant person edge right now. I I am barely functioning because so much of the day is that, mama yeah. sometimes it's just like sitting on the couch he doesn't need anything yeah. he just like shoots out this like whiny yeah. mama and I'm yeah. like I'm right and it's that Hust. you're right you immediately jump yeah. to the, I'm right here what 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 do you want? what, what like, is it that you want It's is like awful it's just like <laughs> an awful way to be it's like Ellis can you use your Ellis yeah. voice and mama yeah. will try and use her mama voice yeah. <laughs> oh god I'm sorry it's yeah. awful thank you for uh, validating that that's about yeah. all I got is yeah. validation yeah. but that is what you're going through is an experience that is happening in the world that is normal. You are not alone. Okay. I rarely think that may be as comforting as we hope it is. No, no, it actually is <laughs> yeah, comforting right now. Thank worst. you. How Alice, are you? Well, I am equally on the edge. Okay. Uh, summer, guys, I'm not doing well. Mm. Uh, the j- children, I got... Ellis yeah, is in that same sort of sweet wine spot. He also... We've really been struggling with food. He really has just shifted into like super picky. I wouldn't even say picky. He just won't fucking eat anything. Uh-huh. He just like won't He's sh- like not hungry. Yeah, He just either yeah. not hungry or he wants like garbage. You know, yeah, like yeah. chips. I mean, we, I, this kid gets like chips like once a week. Like right. you know, if we're having chips, you know, it's not like it's a thing. Yeah. You know, I've done the whole like here's some little snack cups that you can reach and yeah. they all have different things in it that yeah. I can tolerate you eating yeah. anytime of day. He eats right. the one with chips. Right. And that's so well, I don't <laughs> put the chips in it? Luckily I don't put the chips but there's always like one that I'm like I guess technically I'm okay with the snack yeah. until it's all he wants to eat. Yeah, and so like I, that's just it's the thing that would be fine if he was eating all the other stuff. All the other right. stuff. Yeah. I mean, we this kid used to eat like the watermelon yeah, yeah. and the melons and fruits. and yeah. none of it. Oh my god, We're, none of it. Oh no. And so I am. I am. I accept. The universal, it's nice. okay. Nice. And, like, I know that, like, this will not be forever. Yeah. And I know that, like, whatever. I, whatever. <laughs> I understand that it's developmental yeah. and fuckity fuck fuck. Like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it makes me so angry when everything else is going on in my life. Yeah. And I just, like, want him to eat, yeah. right? And then, on, like, Friday, Katie Bell walks in and announces... She's a vegetarian. And uh, I would like to say, I am, f- that is great. I am like, so the two things existing in my world at the moment are that's wonderful. Yeah. I will support you. Uh-huh. That is great. Uh-huh. Uh, I will even limit all of my, even bacon. <laughs> Even these kind of like jerk questions, right? That you wouldn't ask like a grown up. You yeah. wouldn't Be like, oh, you're a vegetarian. Yeah. But what about bacon? Yeah. But what about chicken? <laughs> what about chicken nuggets? <laughs> with chicken nuggets? What about chicken noodle soup? Because there's chicken. <laughs> and then I was like, shut up, Elizabeth, because you, she might still eat yeah. like chicken noodle soup. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Yeah. Um. So I'm fine with that. But like, I actually just started crying because I just. Don't have anything to feed her because she's Mm -hmm. not going to eat beans. She's not going to eat. I mean, like we already talked about. I was like, Katie Bell, you understand that? Like, and I said this again really nicely. I was like, Katie Bell, you understand? That's great. But you're going to have to get your nutrition from other areas. That yeah. means we're going to have to try more vegetables than yeah. just the one or two that you eat. Yeah. And we're going to have to find replacements for, you know, for meats. Like beans are really good. I mean, she already does like almonds and edamame and stuff like that. But like everything can't be avocado, and right. edamame, and almonds, yeah, right? Yeah. So we're really gonna have to try. Some, oh, I'm gonna try them. I love beans. well, you don't like beans, but you know, all right, whatever. So I spend like Saturday during her karate lesson, like looking up some different recipes that we can try that we would eat. Because yeah. also, I'm right. not a fan of vegetarian. Like, I right. like meats. Yeah, it's okay. I can cut back on my meat, but like, I right. gotta find something that we all will. This eat. is complicating. It's things complicating my thing significantly, and I know. Yeah. Like, what keeps triggering my tears uh-huh. is I know that I'm going to have just finished feeding Ellis stuff that yeah. he's going to yell about and right. not eat. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to go make food for all of the rest of us that she's not going to eat. Right. And that I may not actually like all that much. Wow. And Stefan will eat because he'll eat anything. Yeah. And so, like, tomorrow, last night was there, like, a first real, like, dinner. So I make a... Uh, grilled veggie... I mean, roasted vegetable tacos, right? So it's just, you know, it's corn. We like corn. Mm -hmm. She likes corn. Uh, Peppers. She likes peppers. You know. uh, Tomatoes. She likes tomatoes. Squash. Zucchini. I threw those in there, right? Those Mm -hmm. are pretty much tasteless when you roast them. They're tasteless anyway. Uh, Season it up. Gonna put it in there. We're gonna have some avocado with it. And... She like wants a bite before we ever start eating, so like I give her like a little forkful, yeah. And she was like, "Oh, I don't like it." And <gasps> Stefan like beelines over to the couch, yeah. And I'm in the den. and he gives it. I can hear him give it one of these really quiet conversations with Katie Melancton, so quiet. And then I really love Stefan right now. Yeah. And then you know, ten minutes later, we yeah. put all the food out. We're gonna have our tacos, right? And Katie <laughs> Katie Bell takes a bite, and she goes. I really appreciate <laughs> everything that you are doing. And the and, and all that you did to make this food, it looks so good. It smells so good. Oh, my God. I do not like it, though. Oh, my God. Right? And I was just like, <laughs> that's okay. We've decided that she's going to be a pescatarian so she can still eat fish sticks okay. and shrimp. Okay. That helps. <laughs> so, like, that helps. Yeah. But I just... It just has been like, I feel like I've been on like, a, a, a downward slope for a while yeah. with like things just, everything's mandated. And the food yeah. thing, I was just like, what? Like, what? I can't. Anyway. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to yeah. do? Yeah. That's it, guys. That's where yeah. I am. Well, that's but, all, that's but you all... can't, but you can't,
1: like, there's nothing for there's you nothing to, to do. do. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is
0: like really. Frustrating hard, for me. Hard,
1: yeah, because like you're doing all, and I like that you're saying like I'm not giving into this. Like I must right. feed my. You're just doing your job to yeah. provide food, and you're trying really hard. You're trying to provide things yeah. that everybody will eat, and they're not eating them. Yeah, that's infuriating. It's infuriating. Yeah, and yeah. like, but you can't really like go on a cooking strike. Right. Yeah. So not here we get. are. Here we here are. Here we are. Here we are. I'm so sorry. You're doing such a good job. It really is difficult. Okay. I'll come over
0: and eat your food. I it's Sounds it, the tacos delicious. actually that's roasted that by The way. Really good. The roasted vegetable yeah. thing was actually yeah. freaking delicious. Yeah. Sounded great. Pickled onions on top, mm. some sour cream. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that can lead to us feeling irritated, <laughs> or at least payback when your children make you feel irritated, the way <laughs> to put that back on them to make them feel irritated <laughs> all the time is forcing them to share a room. Teresa. Yes. Kids sharing rooms. Yes. Seems pretty normal. Seems yeah. Seems like a thing. That's a thing. Teresa, did you share a room growing up? I
1: did. Uh, for most of growing up, I shared a room with my sister, who's three and a half years younger than me. Okay. There was also, there were a couple brief moments where, because we moved around a fair m- amount, um, there were a few brief moments where I had a room to myself, never for more than like a few months. <laughs> um, and then there was a really short time when I was like 15, where
0: my three-year-old brother yeah. had his bed in my room. Wow. Yeah. Because right, your brother was born like way later. later. Yeah. yeah. Then you, you and you and your sister. Yeah. When, but for the most part, were you and your sister in the same room together like as early as you can remember? Yes. Like, I mean, that was like yes. a, early, Yeah, my basically... first
1: memory of our first bedroom
0: together was like, I can remember where my bed was and yeah. her
1: crib was on the other side of right. the room. Right,
0: right. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and you're the older <clears throat> one. So yeah. So for your whole life, people have just been infiltrating your personal space. Yes, faith.
1: they've been yeah. getting in the way of what I originally had, which was everything yeah. all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember any of that. So all it's right. okay.
0: Good. Uh, I uh, also share a room with my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. I really only remember the like. I mean, I clearly. I don't remember crib experiences anywhere. I mean, I was too young for me to remember that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what was happening with that. We were probably in California, but I remember being in Alabama and uh, us having two twin beds. Mm-hmm. You know, in the bedroom, yep. and uh, yeah, I yeah. Did we you did, always share a room? No, we shared. Up until... I guess probably when Helen Michelle we we're four years apart so we're exactly like Ellis and Katie Bell are probably right around somewhere when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. and Helen Michelle was hitting middle school mm-hmm. uh, probably around the puberty window is going to be my guess mm-hmm. I have my own room I can remember being in second grade in my own bedroom cool so uh, so yeah so probably up and until then after that you have always had our own yeah own rooms okay um, so I guess my experience predominantly was separate yeah rooms yeah. Uh, for the most part um, it didn't stop there from being a lot of get out of my stuff, you know, any of that. Uh, that was still there. So, did you did you like it? Um, I nobody mean, got memories mean, of it. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think like my sister and I would fight, and we, um, you know, it was kind of hard sharing space. Like yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, I think that I liked it because I was as everybody is well aware if you've been listening to the show I was a very fearful child and I didn't really like being by myself Mm. so I I think I was most comfortable sharing a room with my sister like um it felt normal to share a room with my sister and for her to be there um but yeah we definitely had fights and I definitely remember it feeling like when I went off to college and like even sharing I had a I had a triple my freshman year of college, yeah. so I had two roommates, but the fact that I just had my corner of the room that was all mine yes. felt like a major um, upgrade from, like, because I didn't have anybody in my zone. Did like, you nobody share was... rooms through, like, high school and stuff? Oh, yeah. All the way. Yeah. Wow, and, yeah. And, like, when I would come home from college, she would be there, and we'd still be, like, when I'd come yeah, home for breaks yeah. and stuff, we'd be sharing a room. So
0: Wow. yeah. 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 That is something I'm totally unable to relate to. Yeah. Which, I mean, and not like in a weird way, just like, oh, yeah, yeah I guess people do that. One thing that was really nice was um,
1: when I was in high school, um, my sister and I had bunk beds from about, from maybe when I was like 10 Dad. on up through high school, we had bunk beds. And um, at one point in high school, when I think... My sister and I must have been, like, really struggling. Um, <laughs> my dad did this really nice thing for me, which was that he put up a curtain for mm. me that slid open and shut around. I was on the top bunk. Yeah. And it slid open and shut around my top bunk so that I could be—and I had, a, like, a little light up there for, yeah. like, reading or whatever. And, like, I just had—it was tiny. It was my bed. But that was, like, my spot. Yeah. And I could shut the curtain if I didn't want to, like, see anybody or talk to anybody. And it was just really nice. That's nice. So that helped. yeah.
0: That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to talk about maybe how, and I'm sure it will be obvious, how our experiences, you know, play into what we're doing with our kids. Yeah. Uh, But overall, your general sense was it was a good thing to do.
1: Yeah. I think it was, I mean, my sister and I are very close. I'm sure it, like, helped us bond as kids. Yeah. And, um you know, we used to have cousins over a lot, and so it was always a lot of kids in one room, and that, yeah. that was really fun, I think. Nice. I mean, definitely fights, but, like, that's how kids work things out, I think, too. Like, yeah, I don't think true. that fights are necessarily mean, mean something is going wrong. It's right. like you're sorting out a lot of things about life and the right. way relationships work when you're doing that. So, yeah, right. I think it was
0: really good for us. So now you're a mom, and you yes. have two kids. Yes. And so with that yeah. experience... You guys tell us about uh Oscar and Simon and their sleeping arrangements. I mean I think I mean yeah. because like you it that just started right off the bat, right? Yeah. Well,
1: he, we had a bassinet um in our bedroom, when Oscar was first born, and but I are but I,
0: three, two and a half years, how they're two are they? years two apart. Two years and three months. apart. Two years and three months apart. Okay.
1: I think that uh, we will. We didn't have another bedroom in our house, so for right. one thing, it was like just decided by a space issue. But I think honestly, even if we did, I probably would have had them share anyway, because um, that was just something I I wanted for them and. Yeah. And for myself as well. And so, yeah, from the time... Like, we had the crib in there for Oscar. And then when... And then, like, he would nap in there sometimes, even when he was a newborn. And yeah. then by the time he was four months, um, he was growing out of the bassinet, yeah. I started having him sleep in there. So they've been sharing a room, like, around the clock since Oscar was four months and Simon was two and a half.
0: That is amazing to me. Why? Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, let's just... We'll get into... Yeah. So for us... Kaybell and Ellis are four years apart, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she, you know, clearly has always been in her own room. And mm-hmm. when we had we technically in the house that we are in right now, it, it's two bedrooms officially on paper, but there's like this weird little, you know, it's got a window it's and like a, a bonus closet. room. It's like a yeah. bonus room, but I mean, it's small. Like yeah. you're never going to get anything bigger than the toddler bed in there. Yeah, you know, and the changing table. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's about all you got. Um, but we the crib fit in there and so after we had we moved Alice from our room, uh, we just moved him straight to there because, you know, he was still getting up all that like I mean again the logic was Well, Katie Bell's just starting to kind of read at night. You know, she doesn't have a problem sleeping. Ellis is up a lot. Big crier, big everything. Just feels like they'd be really disruptive to Katie Bell's sleep. So we'll just put him right there. That way we can still come and go and it won't wake up Katie Bell. And Katie Bell likes to listen to stories at night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like everybody sort of had these pre-done routines. Yeah. That felt really hard to like, alter or like put together or to into put together yeah. and then I get that you know, we've always kind of talked about them sharing rooms but mm-hmm. like I guess from my experience of like why would they you know that seems weird that kids would share rooms because mm-hmm. I didn't do it mm-hmm. or, or when we when I did do it I was clearly old enough to be interacting with my sister I wasn't like a baby you know mm-hmm. what I mean um, where she had to watch me or there was any sort yeah. of weird you know yeah. weird responsibility thing now that they're at about the age where it feels like it would make sense to put the and and he's growing out of that room, like he's not gonna, I mean, where we are right now is he's not gonna fit in that room much longer. Uh-huh. Uh, and the thing that would make the most sense is to put them in Katie Bell's room together and just take some stuff out of her room and put it in yeah. that room, like make, make that it the like reading a reading room and yeah. playroom kind yeah. of thing. Uh, guys, it really is like people's walk in closets are legitimately yeah. bigger than this yeah. room. Um, And, but like, it's so hard for me to get my brain around because I, and I think this is what all people who've just had a brand new baby are worried about. So I, you are going to be, I'm going to do the full list of fears right now. Okay. And then you're going to give us your reality. Yeah. That may not alleviate my fears. Yeah. Because I think that the whole borderline truth of any and all things parenting where you're like, should we? Yeah, uh, that's going to seem disruptive as always. You just wind up fucking doing it. Right. And it, it is what it is till yeah. it isn't anymore. Exactly. Um, yeah. So for us, like the fears are their sleep schedule. So they're different. on such a different. I mean, s- that is such a different. That's schedule. not a fear. That's just a, a fact, fact yeah. that is going to make it really complicated. Sleep, yeah. You know, until Ellis goes to sleep later than six o'clock at night. And that's yeah. like pushing it if we put him down at six. Yeah. I, that just seems... Katie Bell goes to bed like at 8.30 yeah. 9 now. Yeah. I mean, she's even staying up now to 9 reading, right? And yeah. so uh, that seems weird. And he also wakes up a good, like, hour before Katie Bell does. Though in school... That'll change. She'll have yeah. to wake up the same time as Ellis to get us all out the door in time. So that's, like, one. Like, how yeah. do you make that work? Also, I have, like, a thing of, like, well, their age difference its four. I mean, we're, like, two to three. I mean, like, we're close to, like, a thing where Katie Bell's going to want more privacy. privacy. Yeah. And, I mean, that could come any day now, the whole just general I need privacy. Yeah. Um, it would be a concern if he still naps. About what we would do during the day if he was napping and Kate Bell right. needed to be in the room, but he doesn't nap, guys. So yeah. that's, that. Uh, check that one off the list. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. the less hard one. Yeah. Because
1: like si- Oscar still naps and it's not a problem, like on the weekends, and it's not a problem to do something else with Simon, Simon outside yeah. of the room during no, an hour and a half so, long yeah. nap. It's not a big deal. It's more that I think the nighttime sleep wake schedule ups. being so different yeah. and the nighttime wake ups, that is, I mean, that's, that is the reason that you wouldn't put them together unless you kind of had to. Right. Like, and maybe you will decide that you have to based on, like, your space Yeah, issues. no, I like, think we're gonna have you to. You just do it.
0: But um, we did the thing this summer in Alabama where for two weeks they shared a room. Uh-huh. And it How worked out fine. I mean, it actually worked so out... So she just would go in later. Yeah, she was just... And, and when yeah. she went in, the lights were out. Yeah. You know, and I feel like... We could make adjustments now with like a little reading light on her bed where it yeah. wouldn't bother Ellis if she was still or a reading. Simon or flashlight. Simon uses yeah. a flashlight
1: at night, which Oscar's always like, I want a flashlight. And I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah, okay, You're too so young. And it's fine. He's just like, OK, because he knows right, so he how can't. How does this
0: work? What about the nighttime wake ups when one kid's asleep and the other one's not? Hmm. Like the all the I mean, they're close enough in age that they go to bed at the same time. Right. Yeah. So I'll just start by saying like this was actually very
1: hard for the first year that we did I will just say. like, And there were moments where I was like, I kind of regret that I did this this early, but I know it's going to keep getting better and I'm just going to wait it out. Mm. And it did. By the time Oscar was 18 months, he and Simon were going to bed at the same time. And so, ever since they've been going to bed at the same time, and they more or less get up at the same time, or one of them wakes up and the other one stays sleeping. And whoever's up gets comes out of the room whoever's still sleeping stays in the room it's not a big deal right um the bedtime thing is a big deal because that's one of the benefits of it like if you if they're going to bed at the same time it's really awesome to have one room because you're doing everything together we do the bath together do jammies together we go brush our teeth together you know we read two books in their bedroom together with them and they go to bed together it's just very it's what and i think like part of my goal in getting Oscar in there early is because like with the two kids, I've just like from day one wanted them to be kind of on the same, same schedule thing. Like it's easier for me as their parent. Yeah. If they're doing this, if they're up to the same thing during the day, like yeah. it's just easy. And then there's lots of things that aren't like that yet, but as, as they get older, they're getting closer and closer together in terms of those things. And so like, the bedtime thing is awesome, and I think, but but up until up until uh, Oscar was eighteen months, when they were on really different schedules, yeah, um, yeah, it was just I would put Oscar down, and then Simon and I would come in later. Like I, yeah. I had a separate bedtime routine for Simon that happened later, and then I would bring him in, and the lights were out, and he just always knew he had to be quiet, and we would go in, and that was still during the days where I had to sit with well, Simon I was anyway. Say,
0: there's like, there is. And it's, it's so silly to have some of these fears sometimes because Katie Bell will sleep through a bomb. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. like, Ellis is a little more sensitive, but like, I do sit there and I think, oh, but then if I'm putting one, kid to, what if my, yeah. you know, like,
1: I uh, mean, sometimes they do wake up. Yeah. That's the thing. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. More often than not, they don't. And, like, (laughs) I've just gotten really used to just just doing it. You just do it, and, like, they pretty much don't ever wake up. Sometimes they do, and that's just, like, a fact of them sharing a room. But, like, the other thing was that, like, even during that time where they were on different schedules and it was a little bit harder and, like, Oscar was younger, and so I was more stressed about him getting woken up or, um, you know, whatever. Even when that was hard, it was still helpful to me because I was often home by myself doing the yeah. bedtime routine with both of them, it was helpful to me that they were just both in the same spot because that's I true. felt like if they were doing different things at different times, I'd have to be going in and out, of like, across the room, like, back with to that this age, kid and back to that kid. Well, that's right, exactly right. Because yeah. with Katie
0: Bell, yeah. like what, and because they're on different schedules, when I go to put Ellis down, Katie Bell can be, like, on the iPad exactly. or reading or playing. Or you know that she's smart Safe. enough that yeah. she'll
1: come get you if
0: she needs right. you for something. Right. She's it's not, just like, like, eating marbles when yeah. I go go wash exactly or painting on the wall or anything else yeah right so it was
1: definitely peace of mind for me when they were really little that like i just had them in one place you know for me i'm
0: just like oh the idea of two children in one place trying to do something (laughs) is just like "Ah," because my kids are really difficult to do stuff with they want to tell me a lot of stories while i'm brushing their teeth um all right so maybe it's i mean do you i guess i guess I guess this is definitely one of those things where it just really depends on, like, I think age has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think your personal schedule has a lot to do yeah. with it and sort of what you want. Because, yeah. I mean, like, I think you make a really good point that if if eventually you want them on the same schedule yeah. and you, you know, uh, or you want to end co-sleeping or you want to, you know, like, yeah. uh, have them long term in the same room. Again, like everything, you're going to have to suck it up yeah. for, you know, a couple of weeks to a year yeah. <laughs> to get them on whatever that yeah. track change is. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those
1: things where, like, you just do it. Yeah, you have to just do yeah. it. Yeah, It's like what you said at the top of the discussion yeah. almost exactly. Like, you just, because there will be, like, issues with it. Oh, like, yeah. it will be. So much. Punching. It's, well, and there's more. It's more complicated. It's just yeah. more complicated. But it's. But I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe the the wrap up on this is this really is just a what works best for your family situation. Totally. And if the only thing keeping you back is fear, uh, then you may just have to bite the bullet and like give it a shot. Mm-hmm. If you would rather, because like for me, it's like which is which is the thing that I won't. Less in my life mm-hmm. to deal with putting them together in the same room, mm-hmm. or to deal with you know him always being in our room, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, uh, I'd rather deal with the heart you know like what's the trade off on yeah. that um, and like everything else if it doesn't work, you can always move it back possibly, yeah you know what I mean like you know everything is actually fairly solvable on some way. Even if it's like you said, putting up a sheet that goes between the room or the old, you know, drawing a line down the middle. It's just my side of the room. This is my side of the room. Yeah. That's how that works. One Bed Mother is supported in part by Bumby Box, a monthly subscription toy box curated for toddlers and preschool age children. You know, a lot of times when I'm picking
1: out toys for my kids out in the world, it's so hard to tell, like, who made this? Where did it come from? What kinds of materials were used for this? And the folks at Bumby Box seem to be super committed, not only to picking things that our kids want to play with, but they really seem to care about giving us things that are really well made. They say they're 100% eco-friendly. They also really look into like the labor practices. The way they say it is, you know, they want the, the people who are making these items to be as well off in the world as the kids who get to play with these items.
0: So Bumby Box has a special offer for One Bad Mother listeners. Go to BumbyBox.com and enter code BADMOTHER at checkout for 10% off a new order for yourself or as a gift. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius.
1: So I basically just remembered that my kids can help me with stuff hey! sometimes. Yeah. Like, I went through a really very long extended phase of just being too tired to deal with them helping me, quote unquote, yeah. helping me with things. <laughs> and um, and so, like, recently, though, um, Simon has been, like, asking to help more, and Like, at first, I was, like, a little bit, like, suspicious. Like, I was like, yeah, right. You don't really want to help, you know? But Or you're not going to follow through with this or whatever. But I just went with it because he was asking. Um, And I've noticed, like, with Oscar, too, that if I can put in a little bit of energy towards this, like, it's something that they really like. And it's, like, a good skill that I'm teaching them. And there are lots of little things that they are capable of doing now. So I'm trying to, like, continue on this down this road of like what can you help me with right in this moment right. and it like keeps them from getting into trouble too. well it gives them
0: something to do yeah it, it gives acts, them a job <laughs> good job thanks that's that's good thank you yes you're welcome uh so as i mentioned ellis not eating a lot yeah uh, so at dinner time uh right around 4:30, 4 30 4 when i'm feeding him his dinner and we're all tired because he hasn't napped, and I'm really shot by yeah. this point in time of the day. And so he's eating, and i who's not eating. He's just sitting there, like, kind of poking at stuff. And I just bust out the, like—I know this is, like—there There used to be an old Yo Gabba Gabba episode about there's mm-hmm. a party in your tummy. Yeah. So he's never seen Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. Uh, but I bust out the, like— <laughs> I actually have it recorded, guys, and I'll put it up on the Facebook group because it sounds like I'm losing my mind because I sent it to Stefan. But I'm like, hey, hey, maybe that blueberry wants to go to a party in your tummy. Do you want to go? And But then it got, like, really weird, so it'd be stuff like this. It'd be like, so he was like, yeah, that's cool. And he puts the blueberry in his mouth. And I'm like, oh, my mom just went to a party without me. I'm so sad. Yeah. I just want to go, too. Oh, I'll send you to your mommy, you okay? Yeah. We, oh, no, I want to go to the party. But then Ellis actually... Picked it up, his own self. So again, yeah. like, does he want to come to a party? Yeah, man, I totally want to go to a party. <laughs> and he like drinks some water, and he's like, "It's raining on the party now. The now it's a pool party. And I'm like, <laughs> doesn't have a pool party. Let's do it. Let's go. Maybe you should try this. You know, the chicken for the pool party. But yeah. I, this is awful voice. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, and like in the middle of it, I'm like, the, I I am totally aware of all the problems. Yes that I'm creating yes. for myself, yes. my child, <laughs> good eating habits, all of that. Yeah. But he's eating, and the last three days since I had this slight mental breakdown, he's doing it all the time. He's like, this one's sad. It needs to go to the party and find <laughs> its mommy. I was like, great. Good job. Oh, Jesus. I've, we are so screwed up in my house with food <laughs> right now. Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm
2: calling with a genius. My daughter's favorite food in the entire world is yogurt. She eats it at least twice a day. And when she doesn't get it, she screams at the top of her lungs. I picked uh, both her and my son up at daycare and realized that there was no yogurt in the house. Um, no children's yogurt, at least. I found that we had some uh, non-fat, unflavored, <laughs> disgusting adult Greek yogurt. Mm. And I mixed it with some strawberry jam that we had in the fridge, and voila, I made children's yogurt. That is my genius. Thank you.
0: It is There genius. it is. It is genius. Yeah. And here's the thing about some genius moments. Some genius moments <laughs> are, are <just> actually <laughs> tiny little miracles that may not work for anyone else, that only work and exist in mm. the, like, the existence of your your house in your life. Cause I, you know, I she, feel like that's a really broad genius moment. No, adding but, jam to plain yogurt. Yes, but so, okay, but here's how it would fail. Yeah. My how here's oh, how okay. it wouldn't be a jam. Because oh. you hear her describing the adult, yeah. the, the yucky, disgusting yeah. Greek. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. because that's what her kids say when right. they see it, because it doesn't right. look the same. Right. My kids would be like, because they eat it right out of the carton. Oh. They'd be like, that's carton is not they oh. would be totally Distrust, I mean they would not trust me coming at them with a glass of yogurt or a bowl of yogurt. They'd be Mm. like, bullshit. This isn't the yogurt. This isn't the yogurt. Mm. Well, I'm glad things are working out. (laughs) (laughs) She's not having the genius moment at you. She is! (laughs) You're doing a good job. Yeah, good job. Failures.
2: Fail, 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 fail.
0: You suck. Fail me, Teresa.
1: Uh, so we were coming from something else to go to Simon's swim lesson and we were running a little bit late and I was like prepping him like we're just gonna, we're just gonna do everything so fast. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna go there really fast. We're gonna change you in the car. We're not gonna bother with the locker locker room. We're just gonna change you. We're gonna get in there. You might be like two minutes late, but it's gonna be okay. Um, And he starts getting, like, super anxious, you know? Like, what if we miss the whole thing? What if my teacher thinks I'm not there? What if my you know, the whole thing. I'm, like, totally calming him down. You know what? It's not going to be like that. Your teacher knows we're coming. We're only going to be, like, two minutes late. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. You're going to be totally fine. And so we get there, and, like, of course, by the time we get him changed, and, like, I get, because Oscar had been napping, so I, like, wake him up, get him out of the car. We get all the way in there, and, like, Simon takes a semi-private so there's another kid in the class that kid didn't show so the teacher was just like off on a break like because neither of the kids were there and so by the time we like got her to come out she's kind of like you guys are only going to have like six minutes left of your lesson she's like I want you to get your full time but if you go to the front desk like I'm sure they'll work something out for you Right. you know there was traffic or whatever so we go and we do that and they give us like another like a substitute teacher for like the next class yeah starting time that's nice which I thought I'd like saved the day but like Simon really loves his teacher and like part of like why the lesson is so great is he just has a really great teacher who he really loves and this like replacement teacher like every other like teacher we've had there has been awesome so I wasn't worried but this teacher was not awesome like she just was not awesome and like she kept like kind of like talk yelling at him like the whole time and it was just him so she's like kind of like screaming at him the whole time yeah and like Just, like, not fun and, like, kept going, like, relax, Simon, relax. And I was just like, oh, my God, you are just not a good teacher. And so, like, by the time it was over, he was just like, that was not fun. Like, he was really good. He did his whole lesson, but but... he was like, that was not fun. And I just felt so bad, not just because it was my fault that he was late and missed his lesson, but that I had, like, reassured him, like, so, Um. so, like, calmly and, like, clearly, like, it's going
0: to be totally fine and work out great, and it just did not work out great. Yeah, I'm so sorry. bad fail. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Stefan's birthday was last week. And the kids really wanted to do a bunch of stuff for him so happy birthday, Stefan. Happy birthday, Stefan. uh, so one of the they wanted to make him a cake, mm-hmm. and the Stefan doesn't like cake, but i we don't like a lot of cake, so I you know I oh, it was kind of good Mid- have yeah. many cupcakes oh, and nice. only like one yeah. small batch. We're just gonna have a few cupcakes, yeah, so uh, Stefan's got a lot of travel coming up, so he was like, i'll I was like, could you get off a little early on your birthday so that Ellis can be awake?" For it to give you the cupcakes. Yeah. We all have a cupcake together and yeah. do this together. And he's yeah. like, yes, that sounds great. I'm like, great. So we, me and the kids get through the whole day. We've made these cupcakes. Stefan's still not home. Oh, Stefan's no. still not home. Oh. I, feeding Ellis. I mean, that's going a little longer. Yeah. Really, Ellis is waiting for these cupcakes. And I'm really having just like a, the same day I have every day these days where I'm just like, it's that what they refer to as the witching hour. Mm. That's my witching hour. Mm -hmm. That four till Ellis goes down is dark, Mm. dark time for me. And it's like 4.45, I mean, 4.50. And I've got to get Ellis in the bathtub. We have to move on with his nighttime. And Stefan's still not home. So I go ahead and give Ellis his cupcake. Uh And as soon as we get in the bath, Stefan walks in the door and he's like, hey! And Katie Bell's like, I've got cupcakes for you! And everybody's like, I get so upset. I get, like, so angry because now Ellis is, like, more cupcakes, you know? I mean, yeah. like, I have to, like... And he's in the bath. And he's in the bath. I mean, yeah. we've got to move on. This yeah. is, we can't... Yeah, we missed it. He's too sensitive. Yeah. This will fuck up the entire night. Uh-huh. We've got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And we've also not done this thing that I have somehow worked up in my head is supposed to be this beautiful family moment yeah. of us celebrating Stefan with these fucking cupcakes. Yeah. And I... I, I mean, I was... Like, really a horrible person. I mean, I was Aww. like upset. I was like really upset and yeah. I was angry and I was sad. What I could not sh- change gears. Yeah. And it just was gross. Yeah. And I apologized later. Aww. And here I am publicly apologizing uh, on the podcast. But like, it was, uh, it was, it was bad. I'm I didn't so sorry. You. It nah, sucks. It sucked.
2: Hi, this is Teresa. This is a fail. I was dropping my 18 month old son off at daycare. And as I was trying to say goodbye and give him a hug, I stepped in front of him and tripped him. He fell over the dump truck he was playing with and bumped his lip against the floor and hit his head and started bleeding and crying. And, you know, probably to an outsider, it looked like I tripped him on purpose, but it was early in the morning and I couldn't think through what I was doing and I just wanted to give my son a hug hug goodbye and instead... (laughs) <laughs> I made him bleed and cry and need ice.
0: Oh, Thanks for the fellows. Oh, oh, it's the loving ones that turn into fails that are all that are just the worst. Yep. They're just like, I just I just hug wanted you. to say goodbye. <laughs> also that it was like at drop off no.
1: is like the worst possible time. Yeah. To... So that everybody is watching. Yeah. Um, No, but it's also like, (laughs) sometimes it's hard to say goodbye. It's hard to leave. But then if your kid gets hurt, then it's
0: like, okay, Uh, now I'm going to be here for another 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing good about drop-offs ever. No, ever. Well, you're doing a horrible job showing love to your child (laughs) publicly. Try not to trip him next time. Yeah, could you? See if that works better.
1: (laughs) 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 You are the greatest mom I've ever known. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com,
0: the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. I don't think I have gotten a single caregiver for my children that I did not get offline. (laughs) I find the system incredibly easy. They provide the background checks. They provide the screening. It's a really simple process for me to put in what I'm looking for and to sort of streamline the process of people who are actually interested in babysitting. It's all there in one place, and it makes it incredibly easy. And I have legitimately not had a single bad experience uh, with a sitter uh, from using this online service.
1: So Biz and I both have premium memberships with Care.com. You guys should get one too. One Bad Mother listeners can save 30% off a Care.com premium membership and receive a $15 credit that you can use towards paying your caregiver when you use Care.com's convenient payment platform. Just visit care.com slash badmother when you subscribe.
0: Teresa, yes. Shh. Let's call a parent. Okay. But we have to use our library voices when we do it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This week, I I should just continue by saying I'm awful at using a library voice. (laughs) Shocker! Always that kid. Uh, This week we are talking to Gwen Glazer, the recommendations librarian from the New York City Public Library, and co-host of the podcast The Librarian is in. Welcome, Gwen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Well, before we get into all things library, which is pretty exciting, let's start off by asking you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house?
3: So I live in my house. Um, I live in my house with my husband and my newly minted two-year-old who just turned two a little while ago. Um, And we have a dog named Moose and a cockatiel named Ty who hates me.
0: Mm. (laughs) What is a cockatiel?
3: Is that a bird? It's a parrot. It's a parrot. Yes, a small parrot. We had a small, cockatiel. We
1: had one growing up. It was, it was. Really? Yeah, we had one. Yeah, it was. They live forever. They live. <laughs> they I live, I mean, It was totally like a spontaneous, like surprise purchase. Like my dad just like bought it at just the pet store out. on the way home. No, he bought it. He bought it with us, with the kids, and we came home and like surprised my mom with surprise bird. mom. Yeah, that's gonna like live forever. <laughs> oh that's gonna like outlive yeah, all of us. Did yeah. you want something
0: nice for mom? 30 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah surprise. That's right. Tell us about what the Recommendations Librarian does. I have a guess, but uh, I, I would love to hear it from you. I don't want to make horrible, sweeping assumptions that you just get to sit around and read books all day. Uh, but so I, Yes. What is your job? And, yeah, let's start with that. So, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for not making that assumption,
3: because a lot of people, the first thing that they say when they hear you're a librarian is like, oh, my God, it must be so cool to sit around and read books all day. And you're like, yeah, that's totally not what we do.
2: Um, so. It's sort of
0: like the mom question. Oh, you're a mom. Right. That must be great. You just get to play all day. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Right, right. You must just, like, put your feet up and watch your cute kids do cute stuff all day. Yeah, no, not exactly. <laughs> um However, my job is really cool and really focused on books, which is a lot of fun. Um, I I do pretty much what it sounds like. I make book recommendations um, in lots of different forms. Um, I'm part of the Reader Services Department here at NYPL, which has two people in it. I'm half of it, Um, and it's still relatively new. So we we write lots of blog posts making book recommendations that anybody can read. Um, We do personalized recommendations on Twitter and with an email form. Um, And we also, another big part of our job is to sort of help uh, librarians at NYPL kind of raise their their level of expertise and kind of teach the public that librarians are experts that you can go to to ask about books. Um, and so we do lots of training, and it's it's this part of librarianship called readers advisory, which is basically just talking about books that people might
0: want to read. That's awesome. That yep. that's kind of, that it's is really in awesome. fact a really awesome job. That sounds <laughs> it super is. awesome. Uh, so as a recommendations librarian, I guess one of my first things is is that like a superpower that you have to have where you're like <laughs> I can tell or or is it more like a parlor trick where it's like you're clearly looking for love because you don't have a ring on your finger. Is it right. is it more how do you how do you do this job uh without it falling into some sort of weird reading profiling? <laughs>
2: um,
3: <laughs> That's a good question. So there is kind of a parlor trick, um, which comes from this librarian named Nancy Pearl, who is the closest thing that we librarians have to a superhero. (laughs) She actually has an action figure um, that was produced a couple years ago, um, which is incredible. And she has created this sort of rubric that we use that it it basically my friends actually call it a librarian party trick and ask me to do it sometimes. (laughs) Um, So what it is, is that well, actually, I could do it with you. Do you want to do it right now?
0: All right, yes, sure. Okay, good. Because okay. I have nothing to read, okay, so... and I can tell you, You tell me what you need from me, and I okay. will tell you. Okay.
3: Okay, great. So tell me about a book that you like. It doesn't have to be your favorite book. It doesn't have to be, like, the best book you ever read. Just tell me about a book that
0: you like. Okay. Uh, I like, one of my favorite books is uh, Robert Crace's first detective novel from the uh, uh, uh Elvis Cole series it's called the monkey's raincoat and uh, I love it it's smartly written. Uh, I also like things with uh, detectives who are sort of like private detectives who also go around punching people who deserve it uh, for justice. <laughs> I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got sort of the silent, strong partner. Uh, he himself is very witty, and it's just it it moves quickly. It is enjoyable, and I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy smartly written punching books, uh, and it is one of my favorites. Okay,
3: great. So the way the parlor trick works is that you do not actually need to know the book that you are talking Ah. about, and this was a perfect example because I have never heard of that book before, Um, but what you're really listening to is the way that the person describes it. Um so what you said was it was well written and you said you like you talked a lot about the characters and you talked a lot about the pacing. And so then when you're trying to think of books to recommend to you, you you match up the attributes. So like Nancy Pearl calls them doorways and says that like the door every book you can enter through a bunch of different doorways. There's character, setting, language, um, story, and then sometimes art. Mm-hmm. And so Every book has elements of all of those things, but most of them have more of one than the others. And so listening to you talk, I'm going to say that character, character, probably character and plot are both important to you, but also stuff that's really well written is important to you. You didn't talk at all about the setting, like you didn't mention anything about where it takes place. So I would, I would never give you some book that was like, oh, the Misty Fields of England, like being like the most (laughs) important thing about it.
0: Right. Fair enough.
3: (laughs) Um, so that's how it would start. And then if you actually want me to do it, we, another secret, I don't know if it's a secret, it shouldn't be, but we do use all kinds of different tools, including like databases, we use Google, we use all sorts of stuff um, in order to find good recommendations. So I actually I have one off the top of my head for you, um, which is Kate Atkinson. Have you ever read anything by her? I have not. So she is a detective novelist um, who writes this. The Jackson Brody series is totally fantastic. The first one is case histories; they're beautifully written, and the detective does punch people. Um, and they're quickly paced, but they're also like very literary.
0: Oh, um, all right. Yeah, so I, I can keep going if
3: you want to, but that might be enough. No, that's good. That's good. No, that, that's
0: fair. That's fair. This is not my okay. own personal psychic reading here. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but that's very exciting. What? But what that shows me is that leads me like sort of into a question I was going to ask later, but I'm going I'm to do it right now, which is, so many of our listeners are parents. Not not all, but a lot of them are listeners or people who are just really busy, and it, it, it's very hard to find the time to uh To find new books, uh, either literally brand new books that have just you know been written, or even just uh, books that have been around a while that we may not know about, you can't just go to a library and like cruise around with your two year old in you know mm-hmm. the fiction section or even mm-hmm. go to the computer and type mm-hmm. in an author. I have found it's very difficult <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so I think having this I would never have thought about. A, a recommendations librarian. I mean, like, it, it seems like such a helpful tool. How can how can we as as people who want to be reading and, and knowing about new books and or even series that we may not have read before, uh, best use the library?
3: Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple answers. One is that everybody can get a hold of us pretty easily, um, whether or not you're a New Yorker, whether you use our library or not, um, both through Twitter and also through um, the email based form that we have. So I don't I don't know how self promotional I can be. Can I actually like Yeah, say no, tell us about the email. How you do it? Yeah,
0: I saw this. This was this was really clever.
3: Okay. Cool. So all you do is you go to nypl.org slash ask um, and you scroll down to the thing that says what should I read next? And you click on it <laughs> and then you just fill out this thing. It's basically the game that I just played with you actually. Yeah. Um and then we will respond to you via email, just a personalized email. Nobody can see it. It's totally private and between us. So if people like stuff that for whatever reason they are embarrassed about, even though nobody should be embarrassed of what they're reading. Um, but if they're embarrassed, this doesn't matter. It's just between the two of us. We'll never tell anybody. Um, and we'll make, some, <laughs> we'll make some personalized recommendations just based on what you like. Um, and then the Twitter, we call it open office hours, where um, Fridays, unfortunately for you guys, it would be really early in the morning, but, but <laughs> Eastern Standard Time um, from 10 to, from uh, yeah, 10 to 11 in the morning every Friday, um, we're on Twitter and we're just tweeting back and forth with people who are saying like, oh, I really loved Harry Potter. What should I read next? Um, and anybody can do that regardless of whether they live here. It doesn't matter. Um, and so I, we totally love doing that. It's our bread and butter and it's like our favorite thing. So that's one thing. But the other thing um, is that you can always go up to any librarian and just ask for book recommendations. Like this is a thing that we actually learn in library school, how to do reader's advisory, how to talk to people about books. Um, and they'll ask you a couple of questions about what you like. I totally think that you could do it with a kid hanging off of you or sitting on your shoulders or whatever for like 20 seconds. Um, But, even if you don't have the 20 seconds and you aren't able to talk to somebody at your library, the other thing that I know I did, especially when my son was an infant, is I went crazy with the hold list.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) So you can... Yeah, so every library system now that has a website, if you can just go and look at what you want online during nap time or after bedtime or whatever and then give the library, you know, enough time to, like, get the book in, you're basically just putting it on hold for yourself and ordering it for yourself, and you can just go grab it off the shelf, check out, and leave.
0: I am a huge library lover, but the truth of my history with libraries is I was a big library lover as a kid so uh, a lot of what shapes my views of uh, of going to the library is from like you know up until I was 12 right Mm -hmm. roughly when my mom would take us to the library and then there's this like huge sweeping gap until I had kids (laughs) that I Mm -hmm. started going back to the library and it was the story time that kind of got me back in but Uh uh, library etiquette I would like you to talk a little bit about that, because I have, like, really loud kids, and even mm-hmm. though there's a whole cornered-off section for kids, it's still in the library. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> And we are right. loud. Shh, Ellis, shh, Ellis, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> shh. Um, <Right>. So, uh, <laughs> welcome us to the library, Gwen. Get us into the library. Welcome to the library. Okay. Well,
3: so first I feel like I have to do a disclaimer that says that all libraries are different. Yes. And you can't always speak for every library. Um, but I would say that very generally, the culture of shushing at libraries, I think, is really going away, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I think that people like used to look at libraries as this place where you just had to shut up. And like it's really not true anymore. I really think that libraries love to be seen as vibrant places where, of course, kids are welcome. Like So much of our bread and butter programming is about children Um, and so much of our purchasing books is about children Mm. like it's very it's a very child focused place so I feel like if you were in the designated kids area like does your library have an actual place where there's toys and books and stuff where kids are supposed to play yes Yeah, okay, (laughs) kids are allowed to be, yeah, like, that's great, I mean, some really tiny libraries probably don't have that, and that's a totally different story, but if your library has a designated place for children, I feel like it is okay for them to talk in their normal voices there, like, not screaming their heads off, sure, but, like, actual talking and normal interaction, (laughs) totally fine, totally fine. And especially, like, during a story time. And, I mean, I think, again, this is the kind of thing where you want to ask the librarian who's running the story time or you want to talk to the staff member who's sort of around and just say, like, you can always ask and just say, if anything, you know, if my kid is doing anything, like, just let me know. But, like, story times, nobody expects a, you know, one to two-year-old story time to have every child sitting very still with their legs crossed and, like, looking straight ahead. Like, everybody knows that's totally unrealistic.
0: (laughs) What are what are things that libraries are doing now for us as well? Yeah, okay. It ha- I love this question. So it
3: has... I feel like it has a lot of the stuff that you remember as a kid that you grew up with. There's story times that can be really traditional that are librarians reading books to kids. And that's great. That's total bread and butter. That's exactly what we're all about. There's also just this world out there of other kinds of classes, a lot of which, honestly, parents can't take advantage of when their children are really little. Um, But one other sort of like pro tip that I always think that I want new parents to know about is downloadable Mm ebooks. So that if you're in that really early infant stage, where you absolutely can't get out of the house, like the number of ebooks that your library probably has available for you to download onto your phone or iPad right now is totally astonishing. And that I feel like, is a very 2016 thing about libraries that like it's been sort of kicking around for a while, but I think in the last couple of years we've all really started to figure it out. Um, There's a system called overdrive that sells a lot of ebook packages to libraries um, and that, a lot of public libraries all over the country have it it's super easy to use and it's so amazing like when i was i know when my son was first born and you know i would be in like hour 4 in the middle of the night yeah. nursing him on the couch like i was downloading ebooks onto my phone so that i could read them and like give myself carpal tunnel <laughs>
0: But there's there's also like there's video rentals. You can rent mm-hmm. videos and DVD videos, yeah. DVDs. I wasn't but you can say, also like... rent videos because uh, it's a library. Uh, there's DVDs if you have a VCR, which, which some people may. You know, it's just, you can get some eight tracks for listening to. It. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's also like audiobooks, which is a big deal. And I remember yep. like my big discovery at our library that I just never thought about. Katie Bell was, uh, had gotten into, like, listening to stories going to bed. Uh, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. we happened to have the Francis series on CD, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. like, the library has a ton of, you know, books on tape basically for kids. You know, I remember yep. sitting there listening to records and flipping, you know, the book along with the tape uh, or the record mm-hmm. or, or the CD, mm-hmm. and that's there. And my particular yes. favorite thing in the kids' library is computers. Uh, I don't want Mm -hmm. my kids on my computers. I mean, we, you know, or laptops or whatever we have at home, but there are some computers in there that they are free to bang on and learn how to use the mouse and learn how to like navigate stuff in a way that I was not ready to do in my house.
3: Right. (laughs) Which is. Right, totally. And a lot of times those computers also have like specially curated games and stuff on them. Like librarians have picked out the stuff that they think is good and appropriate and interesting for kids that age to use, and they're just right there. Yeah. So, like that's saving us all tons of work and trying to figure out what apps and whatever are okay for kids.
0: So basically yeah, you're totally saying we should you. not be afraid of the library and we should not be afraid of librarians. <laughs> no matter what Definitely our childhood do. experience was. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh well let's wrap up on some recommendations. Let's uh let's uh, get you going in in, in what you are actually uh, your, your experience, your expertise, as it were, uh, we're going to ask for a couple of recommendations uh, on a couple of different uh, types of, of books. Let's talk about ourselves first uh, before we ask about our children, because that's what's important. We don't know what's going on in the world, most of us, anymore in terms of like new good books that we should be reading. Is there anything out right now that uh, that... You really love. Yeah.
3: So short answer, yes. (laughs) More specific answer is I was thinking about this and thinking like, okay, if you have a very little bit of time to read, what's a really great thing that's also kind of like trendy right now? And my my answer, I think, is graphic novels. Mm. Um, There's so much cool stuff happening right now with graphic novels, which are, you know, comic books, manga, all that kind of stuff um that's targeted to adults and sometimes to young adults um, and sometimes to kids and there's just kind of a renaissance in it right now it's really exciting there's a lot of feminist stuff out there um and so a couple of the of the specific ones i thought of for your listeners in particular um one of them is that spider woman like old school old fashioned spider woman um has a new plotline where she's pregnant what? which is uh, right isn't that amazing wow and the drawings yeah it just came out this summer the drawings are super cool Um, and so I thought about that. I also thought about, um, there's two called lumber, one called lumberjanes, which is totally appropriate for kids. It's this awesome feminist comic that you can read with your kids. It's about these girls at summer camp. I saw Um, this
0: at a comic con that I was at, but I didn't have a chance to look at it too much. It's slightly older. Like I didn't think it was quite right for Katie Bell at seven, but you're, Mm -hmm. you're saying it's, but I, but I also didn't read it. So it was beautiful. Seven
3: might be a touch young. I would say like nine or 10 probably. Um, It is so good. It is so good. Like to the point that that my colleague in reader services and I are always like, where was this when we were kids? And we're also both rushing to get the new ones like as adult moms who can't wait to get our hands on them.
0: Oh, that's good. Um,
3: yeah, so that's great. Also, Paper Girls is another really cool one. That's for, for either older teens or adults, for, like for us. Um, that's another really cool feminist comic that's just come out. Um, and another one is called Dr. Fate, which is also great. It's about a medical student trying to save the world. And so all of those, they're really visual. They're really fun. It's not going to drag you down. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're perfect. Graphic novels are perfect to check out of libraries because they can be really expensive yeah. um, to buy. And they also are really fast to read. It's only going to take you, you know, 45 minutes or an hour to get through one of them. So you won't have to pay late fees. Like, you'll you'll be super good with them.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now uh, let's move on to helping our children uh, become okay. uh, re- uh, readers as well. Uh, let's start off with chapter books. So what do you recommend to some good chapter books and, uh, and what age to kind of start reading those? So
3: it's always a little bit hard to generalize yeah. because kids can be so different That's with where true. they are in reading. However, that said— we can generalize. Um, and I think probably like six, seven, eight is probably what. And you're talking about chapter books to read aloud, right? Yeah, to, read, to read, aloud,
0: read aloud, like as a family yeah. together reading. Yeah.
3: Right. Okay. I would say very generally six or seven is a great age to start. Although it's actually funny that you you asked this question because I just started thinking about it with my two-year-old. I was like, well, surely he's old enough to get past some of these picture books now. I know.
0: Um, Well, that's just it. I think for a lot of us, there's that urge to do that. But like Katie Bell and Stefan just got through reading a chapter book from start to finish and you know she's just turning seven you know what I mean Uh but he he, he has come out of the room saying I feel like we're there Mm -hmm. like she's Mm -hmm. able to but then I'll go in and pick up a chapter book with her and she's like turn the page like she doesn't say I'm like I just have I picked up the wrong book what is it Mm. so what's a good chapter book uh, that I can bring to her and be as cool as Stefan (laughs) because it's (laughs) a competition so what can I what do you recommend for a chapter book
3: That's an awesome question.
0: So have you heard of Kate DiCamillo? No. Um,
3: She is a a, um, children's book author. She wrote a book called Flora and Ulysses about a squirrel and a vacuum cleaner that got a lot of publicity recently, and all of her books are really fun and really good for that age. Um, I also think Roald Dahl writes some really nice short Mm. chapter books uh, that would be really good. Um, and also Beverly Cleary, like yeah. it's funny because there's there's sort of this thing where in in our reader services department that we talk about a lot, which is that people often feel like they want to give their kids classics and they want them to read the classics and fine literature, and that's kind of not where we are often. I think that there's a lot of really good stuff out there that's really fun once you can find it. But on the other hand, as a parent, you want to keep your own sanity, right? And like, that's a lesson that we all learn with picture books, that like reading the same book over and over and over again, 8 million times if you get sick of it and can't stand it anymore, like that is not an enjoyable experience right. for you Right. and you don't want to do it anymore. And I think that that's true with chapter books too. So I think some of the ones that some of us might remember from our own childhoods, like for me, um, Beverly Cleary was a huge thing. So like Ramona Quimby age eight, is still, I actually recently reread that for Beverly Cleary's 100th birthday and it's still amazing. Like it's still absolutely wonderful. And I think that or super fudge would both be great first chapter books to start with. And I also think, um, Brian Selznick is another author who I think is great to read aloud and great for the sort of like younger set of kids.
0: Oh, that's good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up on one more set of recommendations. We sort of were getting a couple of requests in terms of recommendations uh, that kind of fall into almost two genres. But I think they're both sort of equally important genres. And one is there are a lot of we had a lot of uh, parents who work who were like, oh, my God, are there any books to read to my toddler to help him understand why? mom and dad have to go to work every day. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so true. Ninety percent of the books are just like mom's at home and kids playing outside or mm-hmm. dad's at home and you're going fishing. Do you have a recommendation for a book like that? Um, yes. So
3: I actually came up with a whole bunch. And I think that I'm going to write a blog post about this just to put them all in one place oh, because um, this is a really great question. Um, but there's a couple that I found that I think are perfect. One is called When Mama Gets Home by mm. Marisa Bina Russo. Um, which is also about sharing a parent's attention with your siblings. Um, <laughs> and then there is one called When Mama Goes to Work by Marsha S-K-Y-R-P-U-C-H, um, that just features lots of different kinds of working moms and tons of diversity. And I feel like both of those are great because there's so many books about separation anxiety generally, um, but those specifically deal with moms who are going to work.
0: Oh, that's great. And then the other one is any books to that you would recommend just on helping our kids uh, better understand uh the beautiful, diverse world that we live in.
3: Yes, definitely. Um, this is something that we also have been thinking about a ton, um, and we actually just wrote a list for a website called Mommy Poppins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called Twelve Books to Help Talk About Race and Activism with Your Kids. Um, so if you Google that, you can find it and find the twelve that are sort of divided up by age. Um, but the one that I love and that I read to my son all the time is called "It's Okay to Be Different" by Todd Parr. You know that book?
0: No, no. Yeah.
3: It's um. So Todd Parr writes these like really basic lovely children's books with these sort of heavy line drawings and really bright colors. Um, and it's okay to be different. It's just this, like, it's okay. And it actually, I thought of this book because it has a working mom in it too, which is awesome. Um, because it doesn't really talk about it. It's just like, you know, I love you when you're away. I love you when you're here. Um, and Todd, that's, that's the I love you book by Todd Parr. It's okay to be different is very much about, um, race and about different, you know, it's okay to be a different color. It's okay to be all different sizes. It's okay to have all of these different... And, like, it's not sort of slamming your kid over the head with it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's sort of expressing those kind of really simple messages in the way that you really want to get them across to a younger kid. Um, and once you get to elementary school, there's a couple other really great ones. Spike Lee wrote a book called Giant Steps to Change the World. Um, that's wonderful. There's a book for kids in middle school um, called The Road to Paris by Nikki Grimes, which is actually fiction. Um, And it's about a biracial girl who moves in with a new foster family. And then there's a ton of young adult stuff for like teenagers and high schoolers about this. There's even um, a Black Lives Matter picture or um, picture book, a Black Lives Matter nonfiction book um, that's super readable. That's all about the social movement that's coming up and everything. So I think that yeah, I think books are a great place to go when you don't know how to have those conversations with your kids and, and I'm I'm really happy to be able to write stuff like that that can hopefully help some people.
0: That's great. Well we'll we'll try and get that list as well and we'll link that up with the show notes this week so people can access that list from the Mommy Poppins website uh that you guys pulled together, as well as we'll link people up to the uh New York Public Library. A website where where guys, they do have this blog that is just recommendations. We'll make sure that everybody's connected to that. And uh, Gwen, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about this. I, I really do think that people sometimes just forget the library is there and the resource that it can be because we get really busy. I feel the same way about like, I always ignore my Parks and Rec, like the part, the public parks and like all the stuff they offer, because uh, uh-huh. you just aren't playing in it before you have kids, and then you're like, oh, right, I forgot. Right. There's like movies in the summer and games and camps and like it's all kind of affordable. Uh, and the library, uh, you guys have heard me talk about it before, is the most affordable because uh, you know it's pretty much all free, uh, which <laughs> is amazing. Um, so uh, again. Thank you for joining us and making the recommendations. And uh, we'll make sure that everybody has access to all of your all of your work. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. When you, I call. Brainwave, send a message, pick up the
2: phone. When you I call.
0: The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden
2: rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the
0: bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroys. We host the Adventure Zones podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo's a critical hit. <laughs> That was fun. She's doing a great she job. She is doing a great job. Yeah. And she's, she clearly is very good at her job. Yeah. Which I always appreciate. Yeah. And, guys, I when I was uh, doing some research to prepare for the interview, that I was like, why would I not go to the New York Public Library website? Yeah. Just because I don't live in New York. That's why. Yeah. And that's dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> There are just so many recommendations and the idea of being able to, like, if you're scared of your own librarian at your, at your library, mm-hmm. you may email or uh, tweet to Gwen yeah. in the New York Public Library. Or just
1: overcome that fear. Yeah, true. Uh, show up with a torn book and see what happens and that will be the true That's test. That's the true
0: test. That's right. Well, and show up with the right attitude. Right. As in everything. I'm here to own up for this. That's right. This one's on me. But I'm coming in super pleasant. <laughs> Not on the defensive for being the one who ruined your stuff. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, you know what's also great that I think is great? What's that? Listening to a mom have a breakdown. Oh, yeah. I need it. Let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, guys. This is a rant. So
2: I know it's developmentally appropriate and even expected and... What you want it to be. But every single word out of my three-year-old's mouth. <laughs> Why is this? Why is that? What is that? What is this? And so he has discovered the how do you spell blank? He just doesn't have a... It, 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 it's just it's just all the time. From the moment he wakes up until the moment sleep. I, can't take it. I cannot answer, and now I've resorted to I don't know, and heaven forbid I don't know the answer to the question, because then he just asks me again, thinking that maybe I just don't want to answer. So now I've given him the I don't know, 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 I do not know, I do not know. Please do not ask me that question again, and then he follows up with the next question.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye. That is such a like pre kid thing. Rab was like, I will answer any question. Yeah. My what's the child big deal? Ever asks.
1: Yeah. What's the big deal? They're just
0: trying to learn more about the world. They, ju- you are their teacher. Yeah. Make the time. Yeah. I, I have. I've it. got answers. I, <laughs> I can explain this really well. I will take the patience and time, and I know my child will then want to sit patiently and listen to the answer. Yeah. Right. That's, right? The, That's the other the side. Worst, of it. Yeah. What's this? What's that? It's. What's this? I'm trying to. Yeah. Do you want to hear the answer yeah. to the question that you asked? Yeah. <laughs> It, it just sucks. I yeah, didn't want to really like hard. make fun of it. It yeah. just sucks. It's it hard. is just, it yeah. is, it mm. sucks because you want to do it. Like your brain is telling you, I want, yeah. part of my job is to yeah. answer these questions. Yeah. I want to be the parent who yeah. answers these questions. Yeah. Like this is a good thing. Yeah. But like your day, doesn't allow you to always be the best parent you can be, or like, or even the best person that you can be. And so those questions really—it's like a trap. They trap you into like, you know, this like unsolvable position of hmm. I, I don't have time to answer all these questions. Well, and that- even if I do. You're not listening. Well, yeah. but And also,
1: that feeling, like, I, I can't deal with this, yeah. like, it makes you feel so deficient, yes! which makes you feel so much worse. Yes! And makes, like, every question yes! like kind of like an attack, yeah. almost. Yeah. Like, Just, you're not
0: going to answer this for me, are you? There's a question. Oh, wait, it's not a question. It's a reminder that you're totally unable yeah. to do this thing that you yeah, want to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. uh, it Real. it really is awful. It's so hard. It's <laughs> That's the worst. (laughs) Pull my hair out. Well, you are doing a good job. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. Teresa, what did we learn today? Okay. We have learned that uh, putting your kids in the same room, either from birth or later in life, or not at all, is just a perfect example of all things parenting where you're just trying to do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Yeah. Also, their experience is not going to be whatever your experience so was true. in a room as well. Yeah, I mean, so I, I know that like my hesitation to put uh-huh. the kids in the same room is because of either my experience or not having shared the room. Yeah. You know, like both of those play into it. Yeah. So it. It's going to be what it's going to be. And again, like all things parenting, it's going to take a while Mm -hmm. to get it to work. Mm -hmm. Okay? So just, you know, saddle up. (laughs) Saddle up. Get your patience hat on. (laughs) Decide this is the thing that you're going to be patient about. And then throw everything else under the bus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And figure out what works for you guys. And if it doesn't work, figure out something else. What else did we learn? We learned that libraries are fucking awesome. Yeah. And we learned that we can actually get help finding books uh, for everything. This is a big one. This was a big one. Yeah. We took a little time in the interview, but yeah. I feel like that was important. I got a lot of information out of that. I did. That yeah. was, like, really helpful and yes. comforting. Yes. And... The, I, I cannot emphasize enough the number of times I have surprised myself with how much the library can help us when we are having tough questions that we have to answer. Mm-hmm. That is actually a resource. Yes. You know, that is where all those parenting books are too. You're going to, you know, you want to yeah. go and, you know, uh, find some of the parenting books uh, that are out there that you want to explore. Go look in your library. You don't even have to check it out. Just yeah. pick it up and scroll through is it. Is this for
1: me? Yeah. Yes, no. Yes, right. no. Yeah, yes no, <laughs> yes,
0: no. No one's in the parenting section with you. Go take a look. You don't have to be embarrassed about what you're looking at, right? Yeah. It's, it's great resources for the lighter topics that we need help uh, talking to our kids about and the heavier ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ta-da. Libraries. Bam. Boom. Awesome. Additionally, things that are awesome is we have two meetups happening in the world. Of One Bad Mother. The first one is on July 23rd, the Boston One Bad Mother group will be getting together from 10 to 1 at the Alexander Kemp Playground in Cambridge. More information is available on the Boston One Bad Mother group page. That's Boston OBM. Search for that in Facebook. Uh, Additionally, the OBM Seattle uh, is planning a karaoke night on Friday, August 5th. That's always a good time. This may be their second karaoke night. So, again, karaoke on Friday, August 5th at the Crescent Lounge. Just go and join the OBM Seattle group on Facebook if you would like more details. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. We should. Somebody should plan a meetup at a library. Ooh. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? As always, you can uh, check us out. Uh, on Facebook, on our public or private page. As clearly mentioned here, there are also a ton of uh, One Bad Mother sort of subgroups that have popped up. So, you know, search for uh, One Bad Mother in your local community on Facebook. You might find one. Uh, So we encourage you to do that. You can join us on Twitter at One Bad Mothers or at Teresa Thorne or at Biz Ellis. You can share a personal or commercial message on the show. Just
1: go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. You can also get a weekly affirmation from us. We'll tell you what a good job you're doing. And we'll give you a link to the
0: new show that week. <laughs> and as always, you can join us over on iTunes, write a nice review, click on some stars. That some, somehow helps. It does help. In, we're pretty uh, sure that helps. We're pretty sure that like, helps. A lot. So yeah. please do that. So do if that. If you
1: haven't done that, that would be
0: great. It's like our equivalent of street cred. Yeah. People are like, oh... This is this must be a legitimate podcast yeah. because they've got X number of stars and/or reviews.
1: Yes, and you can also tell a friend about the show.
0: Well, oh, that's nice. Or
1: share an episode, yeah, that you like,
0: that's enjoyable with friends. Yeah, everybody, you are doing a good job. This is hard. No one cares, <laughs> but that doesn't prevent us from getting up and doing it all over again day after day, and. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm having a hard time, guys. So that's (laughs) the best I can offer is it it is hard. And uh, you're all doing great. You're doing a really good job, Biz. Thank you. I'm functioning. It, It sucks because there are times where I'm like, I legitimately don't feel like I am. Yeah. Though I know overall grand picture. It's going to work itself out and it's going to be good. Uh, so I just, you know, we, we come on the show at the end and we tell everybody you're doing a good job. Yeah. But we also understand that that's sometimes hard to hear yeah. and that it's sometimes hard to believe. But we're going to keep saying it because you are. And I, I, it does help sometimes when you're feeling like you aren't. Uh, To hear it, so thank you. uh,
1: You're welcome. And I think also sometimes when we're having the hardest time, that is actually when we were we're doing the best job Mm. that we've done. Like that is actually when we're being challenged the most, and it's the hardest. When things are going swimmingly, that's kind (laughs) of easy. You know what I mean? Like not that we're not doing a good job when things are going great, but like when things are really hard, you really are doing it. You're getting really good at
0: this. Oh, so good. I'm going to, like, have a master's degree in parenting by the time this is done. <laughs> you probably already do. I've got a lot. I went to Here's a lot one of go- right here. Here. here you go. <laughs> <laughs> my parenting PhD, which, again, sounds like some ridiculous 1980s like, yeah, poster and does. I'm drinking coffee yeah. in, like, a Minnie Mouse shirt. Yep. <laughs> I don't do Mondays guys. Uh, Teresa, you are also doing an incredibly good job. Thank you, Biz. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.
2: Bye. I got to load down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to load down mama blue. Low down mama blue. Load down mama blue low down blue gotta low down
0: blues know that, right We'd like to thank Max Fun Lindsey Pavlis, our engineer our husbands Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things and of course you are listening to find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show please go to MaximumFun.org.
1: One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate.
0: Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby,
2: buzzer, by, got old, down Mama's